so critically acclaimed. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. I'm Laura, and we're going to be continuing our conversation about probably one of the most famous shows out right now, and that is, of course, Stranger Things. Now, as always, this is a part two episode, which means there will be major spoilers ahead. So if you have not watched all of season four of Stranger Things, please stop listening because it's dangerous territory. So without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce this week's podcast guest, Brie, or as you might know her, just Brie always on TikTok, who is known for sharing her opinions for all things TV. So Brie, welcome to the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to have you on. But before we get into our discussion on Stranger Things, I always like to start off with learning a little bit more about our guests. So care to share a little of your story and how you got started on social media, why TV related content, all the good stuff. Of course. So it's actually pretty funny because I was like someone who was so against like social media. Like I was not a big fan of it. When COVID first happened, I was just like home watching TV, like not on any kind of social media. And then my sister was like on TikTok already. And she was like, you know what? You're a talker. I feel like you would be really good on here. So I'm like, "Mm." and it still took me a couple months to like really get into it. But then I started and I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. And now two years later, here I am still continuing doing it. And um, I picked TV because I just always loved TV. Like, it was something that if I didn't know someone and they brought up a show, it would just be like instant conversation starters. I could talk about it for hours. So I'm like, you know what? It's what I'm good at. I'm good at knowing facts about TV. It's what I love. So I decided to just kind of like focus on that. I love that. And I can totally relate, especially your comment about when you first meet someone and like finding common ground with them through a show, like that is always my go-to because um, it's just such an easy icebreaker. Everyone has a favorite show or relatability from TV shows. Um, so I, I totally get that. And I also can relate to being like anti-TikTok before the pandemic. Um, so that's so fun. I mean, I love your content and always learning new things and hearing your opinions about the shows that you're watching. We definitely overlap. But I, of course, have to ask, what's your favorite show and then movie of all time? Oh, see, I'm such, like, an indecisive person. So, like, for (laughs) movies, I would probably say, like, I have a couple. I love anything by Adam Sandler. So pretty much, like, any movie he's ever done is going to be one of my favorites. I also love anything by, like, Nicholas Sparks or um, any, like, like, the Rocky series is one of my favorites I watched growing up. And then as for a TV show, hands down, Boy Meets World. It's always been my favorite. It has a lot of like sentimental feelings for me. So that's like my number one. Strong answers. I love them. <laughs> I actually have to confess, I've never seen the Rocky movies. Oh, you got to watch them. They're classics. I think the first one came out, what, 1979, I want to say. And then it's still going to today because they have like the Creed movies which is like a spinoff of a Rocky movies. And it's just great. I love it. Yeah, I started like kind of a classics movie list in 2020 that I was trying to tackle with my mom of just movies that were really well known that I had missed out on. And Rocky was definitely one of those, but I never got around to it because then I started dragging my mom into rewatching shows with me. Like you know, it would be a rewatch for me, but a first introduction to her. And I made her watch like Gilmore Girls and One Tree Hill and Jane well, the Virgin. 
Oh, so, my favorites. <laughs> yeah, such good ones. But um, Adam Sandler, love those movies. Personal favorites have to be like Just Go With It and Grown Ups. And I think like, yeah, they're cheesy, but they're so fun, like and lighthearted and feel good. And I always love trying to spot like his wife and his daughters in the movies and all the friends like they're not supposed to be like hard hitting movies. And I hate that everyone's like, oh, Adam Sandler movies suck. And I'm like, no, they're fun. They're so fun. He's such a good like movie maker. I love him. To me, yeah. like, people say they flop, but I feel like his movies do so well. And I feel like he has good range, too, because he could do like comedy and then the last movie he did was like a whole basketball movie, completely like out of his comfort zone. And then up come gems and everything, but it was so good. I haven't watched Hustle yet. It's definitely on my list, but I agree. And he, he also just seems like a genuine, like good person. He really does. Um, and then Boy Meets World also agree. Like I grew up watching reruns of it on ABC Family. And so it's, it's a lot of like nostalgia for me whenever I watch it. And I finally actually at the beginning of the pandemic, I rewatched it. And that was like the first time ever seeing it though, like all the way through from beginning to end, like in the proper order yeah. and the whole story. And so that was, that was really enjoyable. Oh, I love it. But alrighty, I think it's time to dive into Stranger Things. So as I shared in part one of this week's podcast episode, I was very late to the game on the hype of this show since I didn't watch it until very recently. I started it about two months ago and just finished it last week. So with that being said, what has your what has been your experience with the show? Are you like an OGer who watched it when it first came out in 2016 or did you join the fandom later on? So it's actually funny because when it first came out in 2016, my nephews were at my house and they're like, oh, this looks like a good show. You know, Brie, let's watch it. So I watched like the first three or four episodes and then like they went home and I didn't pick it up again for years. And then I saw all the hype on TikTok and then I work at a middle school. So my middle schoolers were like, you know, oh, you should watch it. It's really good. It got like real, even better than before. So I was like, you know what? It'd be something cool to talk about too on TikTok. So let me just go and catch up. And once I caught up, it was like amazing. I just loved it. I'm so glad I picked it back up because it's really good. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like it was similar, you know, with me and that TikTok was really what was the driving force to like make me watch it because I felt like I was missing out on what everyone was talking about. And I hate that at least like being on TikTok without the social media, kind of like you were saying back in 2020 when you were out of it, it's like, you don't know what you're missing, but then when it's all over your For You page, it's like, oh, I need to be a part of this. I don't want to miss out. Exactly. But I think it's incredible how this show has been able to take over the masses with their epic fandom and how like everyone in the industry and in pop culture knows the effect this show has had over entertainment. So what do you think it is about this show in particular that makes it so special and able to captivate audiences like it has? Yeah, I definitely agree. And it, like you said, it also very much has that like movie feel that I was kind of like going into in part one when I was giving like an overview of the plot and how the seasons aren't super distinct. Like they're distinct in that obviously they each have like a different vibe and you have the cutoff points. But I would say that they're very related and it's obviously a one overarching mystery that all relates to one another. And it's not like something happens in season one, it's solved, it's over, and then there's a whole new mystery. Like they all relate. Yeah. And 
I will say when the show first came out, though, I knew very little about it. Other than that, it was sort of science fiction, and it was about, like, middle schoolers. And I was dead set on the mindset of, like, I don't think it's for me. I won't like it. I won't relate to it. But I was definitely wrong, and I think the show has really grown on people for several reasons. Like, exactly like you said, you know, the whole movie style and the great characters and actors that have been, like, coming to life and have become famous through this show. Yeah. Uh, But also, like, there are definitely those people who watch it because it's popular. I mean, I feel like I'm a walking example. Just because everyone else is talking about it, they want to be a part of it, too. Um, And then also, I think, like, as cliche as it sounds, there are themes and concepts in the show that just speak to a greater audience, like friends don't lie and teamwork and all that stuff. And I personally love how it's written. Like, I think it's just really well written and puts together, um, like, this big mystery that pays homage to a lot of other great works that act as its inspiration. And I think that's really unique. Like, there aren't too many shows like I think there's a lot of movies but there aren't too many shows that are like written nowadays to pay homage to like other things like the one I can think of off the top of my head is like one of us is lying that yeah. is like very embracing of the breakfast club culture yes um, I love that I read the book I have not seen the show yet but I read the book and I loved it and I felt like the same exact way oh man you have to watch it I was obsessed with that I would say like 2021 was the year for like teen mystery shows that I loved. Like I was obsessed with One of Us is Lying, Outer Banks as usual, Cool Summer, The Wild. Oh, was so good, yes. But um, yeah, One of Us is Lying. I haven't read the books. Um, I definitely want to, but I kind of want to watch the show, like the show be done and then read the books. Yeah. I personally love to just dive into the show first and then get more out of the book world. Um, But you definitely need to watch that. But kind of moving from that point, like, obviously, the show takes place in the 80s. So there are a lot of classics from that time period that inspired the show, like The Goonies and E.T. Like, have you seen those movies? What do you think about the comparisons? Or, like, are there other movies that you think have influenced Stranger Things and the way that it's being written and being brought to life? Yeah, so actually, I had did a um, TikTok about how Apparently, they asked Millie Bobby Brown to talk like E.T. talked, like with the very like kind of choppiness and like at first not really forming full sentences. So I definitely see that comparison with E.T. I can see what you mean about the Goonies, too. And I just like I said before, I definitely feel like that Stephen King with like the it like if you remember the it movies where it's like a group of friends who are trying to save their town from like this horrible curse and of course, with it, it's more about a clown and like more about their imagination. But with Stranger Things, I definitely feel like that same thing with like a core group of friends who are all different, trying to save each other and save their town. And even it's funny because, um, what's his name? Mike, played by Finn. I forget his last name, but he also plays in the new uh, reboot of it. So that's funny that he plays in both of them. So I definitely see that comparison too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read any Stephen King books or like I'm not a horror person, so like I haven't seen it. I've heard like a little bit about it, um, but so it's interesting to like learn more about the comparisons. I would say like The Goonies for me is definitely like I'm a huge fan of it. It's my favorite '80s movie and just one of my favorite movies in general. So I can definitely see the impact it had on Stranger Things, like you're saying, like 
the perspective of working as a team, following the clues, putting pieces of a puzzle together to save, like, for the Goonies, it's obviously save their home and, like, the lifestyle that they know and it's, like, saving a town. So that's probably what I like most about Stranger Things. And I definitely want to elaborate on that, but it it ties into my favorite um, in my, to my answer for my favorite season, which I want to hear from you first. Um, so since Stranger Things is obviously a streaming show, I would say it falls into the category of having like distinct seasons that you can easily separate. And even more so since they've made people wait so long between seasons. So do you have a favorite season? And if so, which is it? So yeah, so my favorite season, I would definitely say is season three, because at this point, They're still all in the same hometown. And at this point, I feel like it's just so much like going on. I love the scenes with like um, Matt and with Eleven in the mall, which is so iconic because in the 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s, the mall was like the staple of the community. Like every teen was in the malls. So to see that and see how like it used to be compared to now was definitely awesome for me. Also, like I said, I liked Robin in that season. That's really when I started to really love Steve, too. So I think every character, even though, of course, each season poses so many problems, they really have fun. Like, even when they were, you know, fighting for their life or when they were trapped inside the mall or whatever, they still seem like they were having a good time, where I feel like season four was a little bit more dark. Um, Mm -hmm. And then season one and two moved a little bit slow for me. But yeah, I definitely would say season three was my favorite. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think that's the fan favorite answer. I would say like season four is definitely up there. It probably just needs a little bit more time of like processing and people are probably going to rewatch it and everything. But season four is also long and like the episodes, the finale was a literal movie. It was crazy. (laughs) But Uh, I would say I agree. Like season one, of course, is like laying the foundation for you. So it's, I feel like usually first seasons aren't necessarily the best. Season two, I really hated. I did not like Eleven going off and like that episode when she met her like quote unquote sister. Yeah. That was just, I didn't like how we didn't get to see any of the other characters and it was really separated. But season three, I knew going in that it was a lot of people's favorite. And from the very first episode, just like seeing the mall and like the heavy 80s like vibe and like the trendy at the time, you know, all the neon lights and everything like that was just so on par and I loved it. Um, And that was like also with me, um, like you said, with Steve when I really fell in love with his character and him and Robin and their relationship, um, our friendship and whatnot. And this was like when I was starting to pick up, like watching really quickly also, because I, what I really loved about season three were the little teams that got established and how then they were all like solving their own crimes. And then like, it all came together to the big mystery, like definitely scoops troops was my favorite. Um, That was really, really entertaining. And so, like I've said, season three was when I truly got behind Steve's character between his full-time role now as the babysitter, especially his relationship with Dustin and then his friendship with Robin. I just love his whole dynamic. Um, who is your favorite character? So, again, I'm so indecisive. So I don't know if I can pick one, but I would say, like, my top two favorite characters are definitely Steve and Dustin. Mm-hmm. I just love, like, their little friendship, almost like a son and a father type thing. 
And like, they have no powers. Like Eleven definitely saves them. They would not be alive without her. But Steve and Dustin get things done as like average people. And I just love their little dynamic. To me, they have the funniest banter and they're just definitely like my favorite. Yeah, I I can agree entirely with that. Um, And it almost, like when you kind of think of the dynamic because every season it's growing and they're like, incorporating new characters as they go it's kind of like some of the characters can fall through the cracks like I think Will honestly has like fallen through the cracks so much like despite the fact that it kind of revolved around him from the start with like he was the one who went missing I just felt like his character kept not being really relevant like at this point the only thing that his character really is defined by is like how he's in love with Mike and literally just crying about that I don't know I feel like he doesn't really do anything I mean Lucas was kind of also in the background but with Max coming to the forefront he also got pulled in there but it seems like Dustin's always the one making plans and moving things along honestly also Mike kind of does nothing like he's just like standing there next to 11 I don't know so I I definitely love their dynamic um and in season four seeing how like Steve was getting a little jealous of Eddie and Dustin's relationship and then like vice versa it was really cute yeah Um, so I definitely love that but another like favorite is less of a main character but Erica especially in season three like she delivers some of the best lines and humor like can't spell America without Erica I love love her so much and again it's her and Dustin they're like little I'm not a nerd she's like you're a nerd (laughs) I love I love their friendship. Yeah, and I, I like how she's become a little bit more involved, and yeah. I hope like she stays there because I find her really entertaining. Um, I love her. <laughs> I also like Murray's dynamic with Joyce and Jim, and the three of them, and like the little adult escapades. Like I think they're really funny. Um, I didn't realize like at the beginning I wasn't really paying attention too much to his character, and then they kept bringing him back. So I'm like, oh, okay, he's here to stay. So yeah, Murray's one of the funniest characters on the show. I would definitely say. Oh, <laughs> and like him and Yuri, the whole thing yes. in Russia. That honestly got like a little crazy for me. Like trying to follow that dynamic, I I did get like a little lost at times. I feel yeah. Um, so that was definitely wild. That was it was funny. But speaking of Joyce and Jim, like, we got to talk about the relationships because that's, of course, something that I love in all shows for the rom-com fan in me. Um, So where do you stand on the several ships of Stranger Things? We've got Joyce and Jim, Mike and Eleven, Nancy and Jonathan, Lucas and Max. I'll let you kind of just run through your thoughts on each of them. Oh, okay. So Joyce and Hopper, I definitely love them together. I'm definitely glad that they got reunited. They're probably one of my favorite ships on the show. Um, I wanted Nancy and Jonathan to work definitely in the first couple seasons, but I feel like it doesn't. I feel like now that Steve has had so much growth, I would love to see Steve and Nancy together versus Nancy and Jonathan. Mm -hmm. I do like Lucas and Max. Um, I think they're really cute, especially this past season. I definitely see more of a connection. And then, um, like, with Mike and Elle, I definitely feel like they definitely do love each other. It's complicated at times. I didn't really like the way he was with her in season three. That's why I was, like, kind of happy that she became her own person, too. Mm-hmm. But I, in season four, when he gave that little speech, like, oh, you're so strong. I love you. That definitely, like, made me want them to stay together even more. So, 
That the only relationship I guess I don't really like that much would be Jonathan and Nancy. I feel mm-hmm. like they don't have that much chemistry anymore. Yeah, I could definitely feel that. I agree entirely on like Joyce and Hopper. Like I loved the slow burn and I honestly felt like they had a history that they were kind of alluding to early on, like that we never got more on. Like maybe they were singing in high school or something, but I kind of wish that they did that. Or And, like, if they did, like, a, a flashback episode of them in high school, that would have been cool. That would be cool. Um, Mike and Eleven, they kind of bother me, and I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's just because I don't love Mike, or it's just because I feel so much for Will. Like, I feel like we have to unpack the whole theory that Will is gay. I started to see, before I watched season four, I was seeing some, like, comments, and I saw that one meme of, like, I don't know if you saw it, but Will and Mike fighting in the arcade <laughs> and the like <laughs> parallel with like um, Troy and Gabriella from the <laughs> musical Gotta Go My Own Way. I literally died when I saw that. I love the memes. They just come up with hilarious things. Yeah. I saw another one of like a picture of Mike and they're like, this is the dude that like Mike, that like Eleven and Will are crying over. And it's just like, he's still like awkward and like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but. So I definitely, I mean, it's not a theory. Like, it's it's fact at this point that Will yeah. is in love with Mike. And I I literally cried so much when anytime, like, Will's crying, especially when Jonathan, like, picked up on Will, obviously, like, being in love with Mike. And then when they had that little conversation of how he was saying, like, there's nothing, like, absolutely nothing in this world that you could do or say or whatever or be, and that would change, like, our relationship. Like, I'll love you and be your brother no matter what. And I was just, like... A, a sob like sobbing in that moment yeah, I love that too like the sibling love like no matter what I'll always be there for you and it's just so it reminds me of me and my sister like we're super close so it's like I can see that big brother big sister role and I do I love Jonathan and Will's like relationship I think it's even when he was missing like he never gave up on yeah him. absolutely and like that whole beginning um when like each of them sat down like when Will was in like his kind of trans and they were trying to like break through to him and each of the people like important to him sat there and like um went through a memory with him to kind of like bring Will back I thought like that was so touching with Jonathan and how he's been like almost more of a father figure to him because how their father's been like absent um so I feel like that was really impactful and like the nuances of like the different sibling relationship among this like bigger family of like friends to like remember there are some people who are like blood and you know I'm intrigued to see if they ever do something like that with like Nancy and Mike because I feel like we never really see that like relationship yeah I feel like with Mike and Nancy they don't really have like that closeness that like Jonathan and Will have or even that like Erica and Lucas have I feel like I always forget their siblings but I also feel like that's just the dynamic of their family because Joyce is like so hands-on as a mom and she's like so in tune to what's going on. But then you have like Mike and Nancy's mom who's so oblivious. Like she just has no idea what's going on with their kids, where they are. Like she's just out of it. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to see the different dynamics. You're so right. I mean, even the whole thing about like how Lucas and um, Erica, like they're always just like yelling at each other. Um, and I love it, but it's like in that, sibling bonding like obviously they love each other but it's just really funny and like especially in season four at the very ending when Erica knew that something was wrong and like she had to interfere with the whole um 
Lucas fighting. I don't remember that guy's name, but the yeah. guy who was Chrissy's boyfriend and everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you're right. It is definitely reflective of the families. And I mean, Mr. Wheeler is always like so <laughs> bizarre. He's just like, where are our kids? What are they doing? Like, so like, can anyone, can you hang out in anyone else's house? Like, right. Like he just does not care about like anything. And it's so, and like a really important thing I think that we saw in season four too, is like Erica hangs out with Dustin and she helps like do all these things with Lucas's friend group, but doesn't really, you know, directly deal with Lucas. But at the end of the day, she does love her brother. Cause I remember the one part where she was like, Oh yeah, you know, your basketball or whatever and you suck I forget she said something about him playing basketball and he was like but you come to every game and she's like yeah because you're my brother Mm -hmm. like just to show like okay like you know what no matter what I'm gonna be there to support you but you know like I'm the star of my own show too and it's just (laughs) it's funny to see how different they can be but also how they're kind of the same and it's just like you get to see different dynamics of siblings so not all siblings are super close Not all siblings are, like, so in their feelings, like, you know, Will and Jonathan. But at the end of the day, they all love each other. Yeah, and I think, like, just to close the conversation about the relationships um, and, like, the romance department and continue the uh, conversation on the siblings, because I just want to say, Nancy, like, I don't know what it is about her. I don't don't love her character. I really don't know why. (laughs) So it's kind of like, I don't want her to be with Steve because I love Steve. It's kind of like I want Steve to get somebody else and not like go back to like, oh, season one. And I don't like, I don't know. I'm not so crazy about Jonathan. So I'm fine if like they're together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Lucas and Max, like I feel like only scratched the surface with them, but season four brought more of it out. And I think we're going to continue to see that. And that kind of relates to this other aspect of the sibling conversation of course like Billy's character and how like we saw their relationship start evolving from like season two obviously they're step siblings and Billy has had a whole life of trauma with his dad and his mom and the dynamic and how he's kind of then like channeled that into his relationship with other people and with Max and so then to see how like he died at the very end of season three and how that really went on to affect Max. Like, I think that was really interesting and what it spoke about like their relationship where, you know, you didn't really see them ever be close, but it kind of is there in like that underlying way, even though they were only step siblings, it still had an effect on her greater than she probably thought it would have. Right. Like that was such a strange to me, such a strange storyline because it was like, when he died, she was so distraught when, you know, but they, he was such a bad character. Like the actor who plays him, awesome, like great actor, but like the character himself was such a bad character up until the time that he saved her life. Like he was so mean to her. He was like at points, like physically abusing her. Like I remember he like pushed her or smacked her or something like that. And it was just like, to me, he was so mean to Lucas. Cause like, I think he was racist and it was just like, to me, so odd but then I think why she felt so bad is because she knew that he was this person because of his father so like he had all this trauma and I think that she just probably felt like bad for him like he didn't get a chance to reform himself because he died but it was definitely like a difficult storyline because it was like okay you you miss 
Billy, but when Billy was around, all you wanted him to do was go away. So it was just kind of like a confusing storyline. I wish that they would have had him maybe have like an episode where those two could have talked before he died. So then mm-hmm. that way he could have like kind of told her himself, like, yeah, you know, this is why I was like this. I'm sorry I wasn't a better brother. And they could have had like a heart to heart. I would have liked that a little bit more than the way they ended their two story, I would say. That's fair. I would say like, because it's almost like there was a big jump, like from him being awful to then like, oh, he was like a martyr and she exactly. feeling really guilty. Like there was never that moment to like bridge the character development a little bit more and and kind of justify her feeling all of this guilt. Yeah. But then like bringing that into season four, of course, like, I mean, season four, like I actually just watched the finale of like volume one with my roommate last night. Cause she still hasn't finished it. And I was just like, this is such a great episode again. And like watching that scene unfold um, with Max, like that, whole montage of running up the hill like playing and fighting her way out of Vecna's curse it was just a great scene unfortunately though I did pick up on what was gonna happen because of the spoilers I knew like I obviously knew that song was a part of the season because it was all over TikTok and up until that scene like we had only heard it once in the first episode and I was like we barely heard it enough for that to be the only scene that like warranted it as like a huge thing on TikTok. And then as soon as Nancy and Robin were like touring the insane asylum and they saw the music room, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Music is going to be the way out because they didn't include that for like nothing. And sure enough, the scene was epic and well-deserved for that song to go viral. So, I mean, that was a big one. Did did you have any like um, standout scenes from season four? Like what did you think overall of the highly anticipated new season? So I think it was a good season. There was parts of like storylines I did. Like I think Hopper's storyline kind of became boring to me when mm-hmm. he was over. I forget where he was, uh, Alaska. That like those parts kind of were a little bit boring to me. But to me, that's like Eddie Munson's character was amazing. Like I know he was only there for one season, and that was actually Joseph's first big role playing that character, Eddie. And I just think that he did such a great job. The guitar solo with Metallica, um, Trissy Wake Up, like all the trends, of course, like <laughs> Trissy Wake Up, or This Is Music. And he yeah. had like the best one-liners, and I love seeing his relationship with Dustin. And I think that pretty much any scene that he was in, I loved. And I also did love Max in this um, season as well, of course, like you're saying, the music montage, and then um, pretty much any time Max was on screen, she just delivered. I think that her and Joseph should definitely get like an Emmy or whatever award. I think you get Emmys, yeah, for TV shows because mm-hmm. they just played their part amazingly. I felt like I was expecting a little bit more based on how everyone was hyping him up. I did love like conceptually what they were trying to say with his character. Like he was always a coward and like ran away. And then toward, and then of course at the end, like he decided, no, I want to like try and be the hero. And the guitar solo was incredible in the way he like obviously died for the sake of the team. And when, Dustin had to tell his uncle, like, that was really heartfelt. Um, And, like, we started to see it unfold, like, with him and Chrissy and their relation, like, obviously short-lived, like, little um, interactions that they had. I thought they would maybe develop that a little bit more, like, how Chrissy was hurting and Eddie was hurting and they kind of had this, like, unspoken bond. I thought they maybe could have done more with that had 
they like kept Chrissy alive a little bit longer. I definitely um, think so. Like I would love to have seen Chrissy and um him get together. Like I would love to see them be a couple. Because like you said, I feel like they'd be like the couple you wouldn't expect, but the couple that would understand each other. Yeah, and I love that. I love that in shows. That's one of my favorite tropes. Like the couple you like, no one expected, but they just work somehow because they have like more in common than you realize that like meets the surface and everything. So I think for all like a strong season, I think. But um, coming off of season three for me, I think it was just a little bit more like falling flat in a sense. But you know, time will tell. I'm eager for what's going to happen with season five, being that it's the last. So what are you expecting for the final season? Like, it's got to go out with a bang, right? Oh, it definitely has to go out with a bang. I heard, I'm not sure if this is true, that there's supposed to be a spinoff too. So I'm thinking what happens a lot in TV shows is like that last episode, they kind of leave you on a cliffhanger so that when they pick up a spinoff, you kind of remember where they left off and they can kind of like introduce that in into a new TV show. So I don't know if a spinoff would be like focused on one character or what it would be, but I think that could be a possibility. Also, like, since I keep saying, you know, they're such big fans of Stephen King, it would be cool if the final episode was like a time jump. Like, I know you said you've never seen it, but it has two chapters. So there's chapter one, chapter two. And in chapter two, it's like this big time jump. So chapter one, they're like teens. They're like 13, 14, 12, whatever. And then in volume two, they're like in their 30s. And they're coming back into the town to save the town again. So I think it'd be really cool if they did like the series finale, like the last episode, them being like maybe in their 30s, you know, maybe like 11 and Mike are still together or, you know, all of them grow up and live their own lives because that's the reality of life. But they all come back to, you know, fight a new monster or Vecna's back or something. I think that would be really cool to see like a time jump and see like where everyone ended up, what life ended up happening for them and then like have them come back one last time. Mm -hmm. That would be really epic. I actually just looked up um, the Stranger Things spinoff and they said it's confirmed that there definitely is... um, a live action spinoff series developed by the Defer brothers, but they said that it's going to be like entirely like a thousand percent different. Um, It'll be like connected to the show by its storytelling sensibility, but not the characters. So it's kind of interesting. Like why bother titling it a spinoff then? Like it, it probably will be like not a reboot because it's so like stranger things is so new, but almost like, basically some kind of reboot where it's similar in the premise of the show but it's not directly related to the characters i don't know but i'm also reading that the um duffer brothers are planning to hand off the role of showrunner to somebody else for the last season so they can work on other projects that's going to be interesting i wonder if that's going to like affect the feel of the show because i feel like if somebody else is like in charge I mean, I don't know what entails, like, being a showrunner versus being a producer versus being the director, like, what the specific differences of, like, power and decisions that are made. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, they're the writers. They created the world, so I'm sure they have a big say. But I just hope that it kind of lives up to it. I mean, I obviously just joined the fandom, so it's kind of sad that I only get one more season, but I'm just glad that 
I'll get to enjoy it with everybody else and like experience it at the same time. Um, I agree. Yeah. And I hope that it does like with a new showrunner give us the same feels because that's the same thing. I'm not sure if you watched Grey's Anatomy, but that's one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. And for the first, what they're on season, they're coming up with season 19. So for the first, I think it's like 14 seasons, Shonda Rhimes was the showrunner, the writer, the everything. And then she left. And as soon as she left, I felt like the show started to definitely decline. Some of the storylines just weren't the same. And then now we're on season 18, about to be season 19. And it's just not the same. It almost feels like an entirely different show. So I feel like sometimes when they change the voice of the show, because everyone has different like writing styles, and mm-hmm. it can either be really good or it can fall flat. So I'm just hoping that like, this season will still deliver and I'll still feel like the original Stranger Things seasons. Yeah, I also watched Grey's Anatomy and know what you mean. Like, I mean, I have been watching, not since it was, I haven't been watching live since season one because I was like seven. But um, I started like around season seven or eight live. Um, So honestly, a lot of the seasons kind of blur together in like the teens. So I can't even remember what happens in like season 16 versus 13 or whatever yeah. so it's it's kind of hard but I'm I'm sure that the feel was there like if I were to go back and rewatch you could clearly see because the show has been like declining for years now I would say um and I mean yeah I really hope that doesn't happen with Stranger Things I I feel like I have hope that it won't just because it's Netflix and I feel like Netflix is like the reigning power with um original theories and like knowing what they're doing usually and also like it's the last season so they know that the expectations are high and I guess it's really just surprising that they would pass the baton now for like it's one more season like yeah, why, right? why can't you just finish it up like yeah. I don't I don't really get it but time will tell and now it's just a waiting game I heard rumors that like it won't be till 2024 I mean I, I don't know like if this how long the season's gonna be if it's gonna be the last one like they're probably going to stick with the whole, like, making the episodes really long and giving everybody what they want. And that will take, of course, time to film. And then there's, I'm sure, a lot, a lot of post-production editing, of course, with all, like, the special effects and CGI and whatnot. Yeah, of course. Um, and I feel like streaming shows always take forever versus, like, you know, like, I watch a lot of shows that are live, like, um, you know, Grey's Anatomy or like Law and Order SVU. And like those shows end in like May and then they come back in September. So you only have really the break of the summer. But with streaming shows, I mean, like same thing with Euphoria. I think they said they're not coming back until 2024. So it's like you finish it in like one, two, three days. And then it's like you have to wait two years to get another show. And that's just like, I'm so impatient. So I always got to wait. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm entirely there with you. And I, I honestly don't understand why. Like, yeah. I understand the delays that were happening because of COVID and everything. But just in general, like, all these streaming shows are so much shorter than primetime shows. Like, Grey's Anatomy averages, like, 20 to 25 episodes a season. And they, like, are filming through the season. Like, they're, like, six weeks ahead of whatever is airing. Yeah. And I just don't understand why streaming shows are like the way they are in terms of how long it takes to get these seasons out and why they make us wait so long. Like my only thought process is if like 
the stars of streaming shows become bigger celebrities than like stars of primetime shows maybe so it's yeah they have to juggle a lot of more people's like schedules and other projects that they're tied to um i'm sure there's a lot of like red tape behind the scenes that just we obviously aren't aware of that is the reason um but it just sucks for these viewers and like they hype up these shows so much and like get people excited and of course all of us crazy people are like watching it in a day and then it's like great i have to wait another year or more right oh my goodness it's so like you're so impatient for it yeah but thankfully there's youtube and now that i'm joined the fandom i have a ton of like digging through interviews and bloopers and stuff to watch to keep me entertained for a while right Um, so and of course to like the next show that's popular will come a crawling which i'm sure it'll be something very soon you know never have i ever the new season comes out like in two weeks so that'll be i'm sure i've never seen that one i have to check that out oh yeah that's 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 a good one have you seen awkward yes um awkward that used to be on mtv yeah yes oh my god i watched it when it first came out yeah yeah, I so I was a big fan of Awkward and Never Have I Ever is almost identical to Awkward. Really? Like it could easily be it could have been labeled if Awkward was like a bigger show back in the day, I think Never Have I Ever could have definitely been branded as like an awkward reboot. Um, because it's it's the same exact blueprint of awkward, like a fifteen year old girl who's a sophomore in high school, like experiences some form of a traumatic event that everybody is publicly aware of and then she gets stuck in like this love triangle and all these like things and it's very it's very similar the only different the main difference is like the girl from never have i ever is indian american so it's obviously much more diverse and inclusive and representative of like the 2020s years versus when awkward came out yeah so i really like the show it's pretty popular mindy kaling is behind it um oh i love her yeah so the the third season is dropping august 12th on netflix so I'm just imagining that that'll probably be the next show that'll be everyone will be talking about in the next few weeks, um, and that'll be keeping me entertained. But like I said, it'll only be for like a day, right? I'm rip right through it. But uh-huh. there's um, what was coming out too. I know that '90s show is coming too, which is the spinoff of that '70s show, mm-hmm. and all except for one of the original cast members are coming back. So I'm sure that'll be really popular because you'll have like the new fandom of people who are going to be watching the show for the first time like you know people who are teens now but then you also have people like us and like older millennials who will be like oh my god i watched that 70 show when it was out and now i'm gonna go watch it again so i'm sure that'll be like really interesting yeah i actually am guilty of not having seen that 70s show oh my goodness you gotta watch it so good yeah, I, I mean, I think Netflix is the one doing that 90s show and like they better put that 70s show on the streaming platform. Like if they don't if they don't do that, that's just dumb on my right, on my own. Go watch it. Yeah, yeah watch exactly. It. Like if it was on there, I would totally watch it. It's funny cuz when I was younger, my first exposure to this show was I was at my cousin's house and they were like 10 years older than me and they were like, "Oh, put that 70s show on." And I fell for the joke of course and thought it was just like a show from the 70s that they were referring to as like that not that the name of the show was actually that 
So I definitely want to see it. And it's, and it's, I think it's really exciting that almost the entire original cast is reprising their roles and coming back because that's what people love to see in any of these revivals, reunions, spinoffs. Like, you know, people hate the reboot culture, but when you find the perfect way to like include the original in it, that's, that's when you like strike gold. Right, like with the iCarly reboot, people mm-hmm. love that one. I'm just waiting. I know there's supposed to be a Lizzie McGuire reboot, but Disney end up not going through with it because I know um, Hilary Duff wanted it to be more like an adult Lizzie McGuire, so more targeted towards the kids who watched Lizzie McGuire when they were kids, and we're all in our mid to late 20s. So she's like, I want to make it targeted towards that audience versus to be targeted towards a new generation of teens and kids and disney didn't want to do that so i'm hoping maybe one day hulu netflix paramount plus will pick it up but i don't know yeah i remember that one and that was like that's exactly what iCarly did is like they weren't making iCarly again for like people who are in their like preteens now they're making it they like it grew up just like the audience grew up and that's what i think (laughs) they did really well with and i kind of just treat how i met your father as the Lizzie yeah, McGuire reboot, because <laughs> it's basically the same thing. I mean, it's Hilary Duff's character who's living in New York City, trying to find love and deal with like her life and career and romance and everything. And so that's the way I just look at it. Um, that's what I did too. Yeah, I definitely felt. And I, I feel like people don't like reboots because they think they're going to get disappointed. But I like the idea of reboots because it's like, I well, I want to be a, a screenwriter anyway. And I wrote like, numerous amount of pilots and I like the idea of the character growing up with you so so many times these characters mean so much to us and it's cool to see like okay you know last time I watched this character I was 12 the character was whatever age and I want to see like where theoretically where would that character be now today and it's cool to see like what Raven's home like okay she got married to Devon which was her high school boyfriend and they had twins and now she moved back home to take care of her dad or like, okay, um, boy meets world with girl meets world. So Corey Pena stayed married. They had kids, you know, Sean's still his best friend. It's really cool to see where your characters progress, like, and to see them identify with the things Cause you know, when you watched them when you were a kid, you guys were going through the same thing that they were. And now, you know, like I'm 25. So now I'm 25 and, I have a kid and I'm living life and I'm trying to make it in the world entertaining. Like, what are they doing? So it's really cool to see like characters like iCarly. Okay. Oh, she's doing this still. So I love the ideas. I really hope that like maybe one tree hill will do a reboot. That would be like amazing to me. Cause I would love to see where they ended up. Cause when they did the time jump, they mm-hmm. were in, I believe like their early twenties. So I would love to see where they are now with Jamie being a teenager and what they're, you know, with Brooke's twins being grown now. And I will just, I hope they do a reboot at some point. Oh yeah. I know so many people who would love to do a One Tree Hill reboot with like all the kids being now in high school and like just starting the show again, that would be epic. And I would love for that to happen. Um, So, you know, you, you really never know because every other day, I mean, I follow all the like, major entertainment news outlets and like every other day there's another announcement that like this show is getting a reboot this show is getting a reboot so it's like you really never know what's going to happen so time will tell but Bree thank you so much for being on the podcast it was such a pleasure thank you for having me I loved it
Yeah. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to stay in touch and hopefully, you know, talk about another show or, or movie in the future. Who knows? Maybe one of these will be turned into a reboot sometime soon. And then we'll have the best time talking about how we are responsible for talking it into creation. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much again. And everybody listening out there, I will be tagging Brie in today's Instagram post. So be sure to check out her account and all of her content because she shares all sorts of opinions and facts and stories about shows and movies that you will love. So be sure to do that. And if you're not already following me do so at not so critically acclaimed both on instagram and tiktok just to stay up to date with all the good stuff and announcements and content and of course rate review and subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast and i'll be back soon with another show to discuss so thanks for listening and we'll talk later bye